listening to Should Be Podcast, episode 57. We are digitized once again. It is Maddie, Patty, Timmy. Um, we lost someone. Um, Larry, he's gone. Yeah. He couldn't sit there for two weeks straight, so uh, we're back, just the three of us. Uh, plus Kyle. Kyle's here. Kyle introduced himself the last time. Kyle's somewhere in Myrtle Beach area, pretty sure. Yeah. Secretly hidden in Myrtle Beach somewhere. <laughs> Tucked beneath the, uh, the 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 hobos and and hookers. Um, anywho, so we we're gonna do gauntlet like we do with everybody. Um, we're gonna learn more about Kyle. Kyle had a couple snippets in the first one. I'm gonna try and remember all the things that Larry kept saying. Like, all right, so you're gonna hear this from Kyle later. I wrote down some stuff. Um, the the one being um, pastry fruited sours. I don't know what that whole phrase means. We're gonna find out about it later, but. Um, yeah, gauntlet first, and then well, <laughs> the life and times of Kyle, um, and then we have some other kind of interesting questions as well too. But um, Matt's going to let you know about the the social medias um, and kind of what's what's to come for us as well. Yeah, check us out on Patreon. I'm sure uh, a few of a few snippets from uh, Larry's episode and Kyle's episode will be up there. Uh, you can see some of our past stuff. Uh, there is a su- subscription if you would like, uh, kind of help support our podcasts. Um, we don't always get free beer from our guests, but uh, so you could help us support that. Uh, also, uh, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Share with your friends. Give us a like and uh, give us a five star review on any platform you're listening on. That just helps kind of spread the word that we're out there. All right. <laughs> Well, I did give you the tip off in the last episode of kind of what one question is going to be, but there's some silly shit on this one. So um, the fir- first and foremost is kind of one that we get out of the way real quick. Uh, where are you from, Kyle? I'm from Long Island, New York. I was uh, born and raised um, on Long Island, lived there my whole life. I moved down here when I was, uh, what, 29? And I've been down here for about three years. Uh, which part? Of, which part of Long Island? Which... Uh... Which little? Uh... I was born in uh, Belmore South Shore, and okay. then uh, moved up to Kings Park when I was like five. Um, so Smithtown area, uh, we're known for our psychiatric center up there. It's abandoned and huge, and it's like a thousand Sweet. acres, and everyone goes there and does graffiti and breaks in. So that's what we do. How many Islanders games have you been to? Uh, maybe twenty. Yeah, I, I can't tell if you're wearing a hockey jersey or what exactly that is, but I'm like, oh, wait, I am. <laughs> so it was it was actually chilly down here today for the first time, uh, meaning yeah. that it was below 80 degrees. It was so it was cold here. Opened six, up the it windows. Was 68 here in Charleston, real wicked cold. <laughs> oh my god! I, yeah, I thought I had to put socks on today. <laughs> absolutely buck wild. <laughs> this is the first time I haven't sweat uh, to the point where I come through the door and take all my clothes off from the laundry and then run away. <laughs> Myrtle Beach. That's a that's a steamy brew house. Yeah, it's, yeah. Luckily, don't tell the other guys. Um, the Myrtle Beach uh, brewery has they seen it. Um, if we keep the doors closed, <laughs> it doesn't get above ninety five. So that's pretty tight. Um, but yeah, this is the first brewery I've ever worked on. I had they seen it, and I was like, oh, close the doors. <laughs> that's a perk. That's cool. Yeah, it's, I'm happy about that. All right, Kyle. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Uh, I'm going to say functionally yes, but at the same time, I have 
no desire to call it that. I will follow the rules of what a sandwich should be, but um, deep in my heart, I know it's not true. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I like that answer. Oh, I love it. There is there's substance to that. There, that's politically correct and also uh, passionately on one side at the same time. I like that a lot. <laughs> Thank you. We uh, one of the big things we do in the brewery is we have like a, a load of questions we ask people. It's like a, everyone gets the same thing. I asked my guys when I interviewed them before I hired them, like very simple questions. And now like they poke at new guys when they come in and they're like, "Oh, what's your death row meal?" And people are like, "What?" Like, yeah, if you were going to die, what are you going to eat? And like, <laughs> you see some weird, that's my favorite question I ask someone. Disarms them. It's totally uh, out of their own line of questioning. It's a hard one. I love that's, it. That's what we like to throw in these too. Also, uh, get you thinking about death, you know, <laughs> death, death and yeah. hot dogs, I guess, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, what occupation other than uh, brew, brew guy, um, other than the one you currently have, what occupation would you like to try? Uh, what I like to try, I mean, I'm fat. I love cooking. Uh, I think I would do great in the kitchen. Um, but that, that's my, that, that would be my, my fallback. If I had something to pick, I would love to, to transition to that side of things. Um, I've done a lot of weird jobs for my age so far. Um, I don't want to do anything extremely smelly or dirty again. I'm cool on that. I would like something glamorous. Maybe, I don't know, tag a shark or something. That sounds fun. Tag a shark? Yeah, I go shark tagging. That sounds cool. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's way that's way more interesting than my job right now. So yes, I I'll I'll join you in that endeavor. All right. So now that Larry's gone, uh yeah, that's why I, I flip flopped the gauntlets. Yeah, I flip flopped the gauntlets. These questions were gonna be for Larry and then uh Kyle's was gonna be the other ones, but then I'm like, wait, no, this makes more sense. Let's do it this way. Yeah, now that Larry's gone, describe your best boss and your worst boss. Oh man. Um all right. My my best boss, uh I did worked for my father, um, he had a plumbing company and, uh, it was a family business. My mom, uh, did all the books and my dad was the owner. And as much as, um, as a young adult, hated working for him at the time. Um, he was great. He's an amazing, uh, business owner, really took care of his guys, was seriously loyal. Um, even if at the time, like you hated him, he was usually right. And, uh, yeah, just a, what a powerhouse to work for. Like he was a Titan in the field, everything he was talking about. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to be a, a mushy person and give my father as an answer. I, uh, yeah, don't really want to ever be a plumber again. I use my skills <laughs> every job. day at work. <laughs> um, but being in someone's, uh, basement as a, what am I? Six, three, three thirty. Is uh, not my favorite thing. <laughs> so I'm you're not, not going to be yeah, you're not going to be an AC technician going to crawl spaces. It's not for you. <laughs> nah. Um, <laughs> but um, my uh, my worst boss. Um, you don't have to throw out any names. Yeah, no, I will not. Um, I, I would like to say it's a tie. Um, I had two bosses um, that were they owned uh, they owned the business. And some of the stuff they would do, uh, this is two separate jobs that were kind of close to my career, but like drug addicts or, uh, like promised me one thing and then didn't like, I had one guy tell me that, you know, you're going to work all through the winter, no problem. And I was like, great. All I do is like, I will show up and I work. That's what I do. I'm happy to do it. 
And he put me on unemployment like the second Thanksgiving came around. And he's like, oh, we're out of money. So, yeah, Sweet. that was that was bad. Um, I guess same question that Larry had. Um, what are two restaurants you recommend and why? Could be anywhere in the whole wide world. Um, one's going to be a shameless plug for my boy Connor. Uh, I grew up with uh, my buddy Connor Swanson. He uh, um, worked at a place called Momofuku in the city uh, under David Chang. Um, went off, did his own thing, makes uh, Taiwanese tea blends. It's a small bow spot in Patchogue, but his food is unreal. Um, so good. It's called Burden Bow. Uh, yeah, everything I have, I used to go and order like trays of bows and salads and spend way too much money in one sitting and only like three of them and uh, freeze the rest of them. But they were, they're so good. Every time I his Instagram's unreal. Like you see this stuff and it's just... It's so good. I get sweaty. I get sweaty looking at those key boys. Oh my god, I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking at the Instagram right now. These look. Yo, it is. Thousand so salad sounds amazing. Oh, everything is is unreal. Guys, yeah, he's so talented. Um, and it like makes you. I I've been gone for three years, and I was up recently for my bachelor party. And I didn't have enough time to get there, and I kicked myself for not going. Um, so that's one. The second, um. I would say is any good cheese spot. I'm a, I'm a big cheese guy. Um, there's a cheese spot down here that we go to right now. Uh, me and my fiance, like our date night is we go to a cheese spot. She gets wine. I get sour beer. She gets gluten-free crackers cause she's uh celiac and it breaks my heart. Yeah. What a so, combo. What a combo. Yeah. So, um, sidetrack on that. Um, so hammock light um, is below 10 parts per million tested um, for gluten. Um, so one of my things I've always done when I homebrewed for her, I would use uh, some enzymes or I'd use all gluten-free ingredients to try to make a product that she could enjoy um, and get her some some stuff in, get her going into beer. Um, at hammock light, we use a, a certain product that breaks down uh, the gluten molecule, it cleaves it, and it gets it below 10 parts per million which is the European gluten-free standard. Uh, the American gluten-free standard is 20 parts per million. So her and her sisters can drink that. So for the wedding, they'll be able to have beer, which is exciting. Uh, sorry to get off the topic on like, I mean, not topic, but on the, you know, the gauntlet, are there any other breweries that are actually doing that kind of stuff? Yeah. So, um, it's CBC, uh, we sat through a couple seminars on gluten-free brewing. Um, they were like really taken huh. amazingly seriously. Uh, the, the jumps that have been made in the past five years alone are like mind blowing and the way that they're testing. Um, the only way to truly make a gluten free product is to start gluten free. Um, so, you know, or gluten below 20 PPM gluten, um, celiac still react to oats, even though they don't contain gluten, uh, 20% of them can have a really bad reaction to it. So that's something else to think about. Uh, but, there are certain breweries that do all um, all gluten-free products start to finish, and I am not the biggest gluten-free beer guy. I try hers every time she gets it. There's certain things she likes, um, but lately, like, the stuff we've been getting is, is really good, and I'm very impressed with it. Well, that's great. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. It's it's just, it's getting better every every day, so it's exciting that, that me and her can drink something that's similar, and uh, she's, she's tiny. She's 4'11", I'm 6'3", so I have like five years, and she has 
one and I'm like, slam your beer. And she's like, I'm trying. I'm like, okay, I can't. <laughs> uh, what is the hardest part of your current job? Um, right now, the hardest part of my current job is um, working in a, in a place that is extremely seasonal, such as Myrtle Beach. Um, we go through extremely high highs and low lows. So my main goal is keeping my team um, busy in the off season um, and making sure that they have enough time off in, in our busy season in the summer. Um, I want to make sure they have a good work-life balance. So that's something that I think about when I'm not at work um, and I'm enjoying my time off. I want to make sure that my guys have the same feeling. So it's really important to me that, that we take care of them. Um, I was in their shoes not very long ago and it's, uh, they're a, a good group of guys and I really want to keep them for as long as humanly possible. So it's a, it's a brew pub, like it's a brewery restaurant, but you are, brewing beers for the area and are you at, can you go outside of South Carolina with your license thing? So not right now. Um, we can distribute uh, through our distributor. So we're a three tier system down here um, up in Delaware. They can self distribute. I think that law just passed, but for us, we mainly um, we're like 80% distro 20, oh, sorry, 80% in-house 20% distro sales. So we got some decent distro sales, but we are in a place right now where we can pivot and go really heavy in the distro or slowly keep building it up. Well, yeah, I mean, being in, you know, being in just, I mean, Myrtle beach isn't that far away, but this is a good market. So now it's important for the listeners to know, go to the brewery and order a beer. Yeah. Go, go in the yeah. off season to support the, the people that, uh, that he's employing. So the other good thing about the going or coming to the brewery, um, so there's a lot of beer that we make in house that we don't distribute. And it is some of our like more wild stuff or our more fun stuff. Um, the less cost effective stuff usually doesn't get distributed. Uh, a couple of them do, but the stuff we get to really have fun with, uh, is brew pub only. Nice. Um, Oh God, this is a weird one. I forgot about this one. Um, would you rather live in a tree house or a cave? Uh, tree house, cave flood. <sighs> Everyone <laughs> says, Everyone says the treehouse. Somebody gave, I think Joe gave a good reason why a cave would be a good idea, but I forget what it was. Anyway. I mean, cave, caves are great. We're talking about brewing beer and monitoring. <laughs> That's uh, why I'm like, maybe this, guy, maybe this guy will be the one. Like, he he likes the, the, the dank places. Uh, I do. I like, listen, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy in the rain. I'm happy there. Um, but yet again, once you get your uh, little flood going on, I'm not rolling up these pants all day. I don't no know. You get, the, you get the beard like the guy from Lord of, yeah, the, the, the Lord of the Rings beard right there. So I'm like, maybe he was a cave dweller. I'm not sure. He, he looks the part. Um, ooh, yeah. Do you have any advice for uh, upcoming brewers? Yeah, I'm going to be kind of like, um, it, it sucks going after Larry because uh, he says so many good things and like he's so thoughtful and precise. But like the main thing uh, is ABC, always be cleaning. Um, if you keep a brewery clean, people have a completely different view. Uh, as a brewer, seeing another uh, another someone someone else's cellar or another brew house dirty um, makes me want to drink their beer one bit. Um, so it's really important. I, our brewery is mostly glass windows. If you walk by it, you're going to look in. You're going to see us back there, and it's, it's a mess back there. You're going to be like, hmm, uh, that 
doesn't look like something I want to put my body. So yeah. for us, it's cleanliness. Um, and breaking into the brewing industry is like a weird thing, right? Everyone wants to be a brewer. Everyone wants to work with beer. Um, and then when you realize like, oh shit, this is backbreaking work. And literally, I'm, yeah, and I'm not getting paid a lot of money. This is way less glorious than I thought. Um, so you really gotta, you gotta want it and you gotta stick with it and you gotta want to better yourself in the field. That's the main thing. It sounds very similar to working in a kitchen. Yeah. It's, I mean, you're, you're working your way up. It's brutal. It's, it's those like, yeah, over a, a boiling kettle all day, running up and down in boots, concrete, like you are lifting bags over your head, lifting kegs, slamming. Yeah. We, we one, one filling day for us, one packaging day. Um, if we go straight to half barrel kegs, the guys are filling 60 half barrel kegs off one tank. And if we do two in one day, it's 120 kegs are rolling around. It's a lot of, a lot of movement for those boys. Some ass busting shit right there, man. Yeah. Um, something you said about like, yeah, we're always cleaning. I saw this, uh, this, this video, it was a, a Instagram, like real, not too long ago. And it was like the tune of just like, this is fun. And I like to do it. I chose this because <laughs> it is fun. And it was like, when you want to be a brewer and then you realize that you're just fucking mopping all the time <laughs> or whatever, yeah. like it's, it's just not, uh, it's, yeah, you're not really brewing. You're really just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a cleaner who apparently like, uh, like, occasionally make some beer. That's well, really yeah. You, you just, you gotta have passion for the long game. Like the best part is like, everyone's like, Oh, but I get to, I got to drink beer at eight o'clock today mm. in the morning. And everyone's like, Oh, well, that's pretty cool. And you're like, yeah, but, uh, but I spent the day scrubbing mold. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine. Everything's fine. I'm okay. <laughs> um, so which one of your career accomplishments makes you the most proud? Which one are you the most proud of? Hmm. So we won uh, Best Brewery on the Grand Strand two years in a row so far. Um, and we've been open for three, or just shy of three. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, that means a lot. We got a, a bunch of good breweries that are opening up down here, a bunch of breweries that just opened up the same time we did. Um, so that's a, it's a pretty big to go back to back on that. I'm happy with that. Uh, Sway just won a medal too. So I'm jazzed about that. Maddie, is that, is that beer medal worthy? Yeah, I don't like IPAs, and I I can definitely get down with this. Did they give you two of the sways? Uh, there were four. All right, we'll save one for me. I want to see what this thing's all about. It's in the fridge. Um, I got to do a bunch of the research on that beer and uh, develop that recipe a little bit more. So we had a a bunch of different things we tried. Larry spoke uh, on the last episode about like keeping our costs in check. So one of our main goals was to produce a. Heavy hitter IPA that um, had a lot of flavor and would be shelf stable as long as we can have a new England on the shelf. Um, but the other thing was every time we have a beer and you're like, shit, let me get one more of those, please. That's the way I look at beer. That's a that's a hard one in our book. That's a winner. That's a winner right there. Yeah. All right. Well, the last question in our gauntlet is uh, where do you want to go on your next vacation? But you're about to go on a honeymoon, which is kind of like a vacation. So where are you going on your honeymoon? So we're going to do a mini moon first. Um, and then we're going to do the honeymoon in our, in our slow season. So mini moon, we're going up to Salem. We get engaged in Salem mass. We got engaged in front of, um, so we were at the night fair. Um, and it's at the, uh, historical waterfront village, 
where right. Hocus Pocus was filmed, the opening scene. Such so a red right, right, right in front of uh, Zachary Binks' house is where I proposed. Um, our anniversary is Halloween. Thackeray. So. No shit. That's Thackeray. Thackeray. Yeah. And then uh, the honeymoon, we're going to Norway. Um, quick layover in England, but we're going to go to Norway, do Northern Lights, uh, reindeer sledding, stay in a nice hotel, uh, stay in a yurt, dog sledding, um, going to the northernmost brewery in the world up there. So, all good stuff. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I mean, you'll fit right. You look like a fucking Viking, so you'll, you'll fit in. <laughs> uh, the motherland, where I'm from. <laughs> Homeland. Um, well, that's it. You did it. You survived the gauntlet. Um, that's typically how it goes, to be honest, a little bit more. Um, not to pick on Larry too much, but. Um, <laughs> now uh, you know more about yourself excellent um but what we don't know is uh from from start to finish um kind of what got you into the the biz itself uh you, you roughly touched on uh hey i was in long island till i was 29 and now i'm here um i don't i feel like we start people out in high school there's there's a couple people like andrew or whatever that we started him out at like uh he, he's like well i was seven and i'm like all right well you don't have to go that far back. <laughs> yeah he was like uh what do you want me to start when i was a baby yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we can start off a bright light. Yeah, um, and and now I'm here. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you start it wherever you want. You you tell us kind of. Uh, you have you have a good 35 minutes here, so um, let us let us know kind of where where your journey has taken you. Um, did you have different passions when you were younger, and kind of um, what what got you into? I mean, obviously, essentially <laughs> brewing eventually. Yeah. So I started drinking beer when I was four. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I did start drinking beer when I was four. Um, <laughs> I, one, of, one of my first memories about beer was my dad coming home after like plumbing all day, covered in like soot from boilers, and him cracking a Molson ice. I specifically remember it like it's a memory. One of the first memories that burned in my head was like him coming home, sitting on the back deck, and I was like sitting on his lap when he got home, like cracking Molson, and that's like that image is burning in my head. Um, but realistically, uh, I went to high school, played football, um, did track, stuff like that, um, drank beer when I wasn't supposed to, and uh, was like, all right, cool. Beer's cool. I'm a guy. This is great. Um, went to college. So I went to college for, um, I went to Maritime on Long Island, so it's uh, or in the Bronx. 
it's a quasi military academy to get a third mate's license, uh, work on ships, tankers, tugs, um, anything like that. So I went to college for that. And then, uh, just really disappointed my parents. So I dropped out, you know, as a senior, um, <laughs> and, and yeah, as a senior, thrilled. you dropped out. Um, yeah. Bro, um, <laughs> I'm disappointing you. I'm not even your dad. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Just been, been disappointing my parents since '91. Um, so <laughs> dropped out of college, um, and at the time, I was doing a little homebrewing in college. Um, so, like, tried a Mister Beer kit when I was 18, and I think we left it in the attic for a year. And when I came back from college, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna brew beer. Like, let's do it. And all the ingredients were expired and it smelled like a hot swamp and it never fermented. And I gagged when I tried it. And I was like, I'm never doing this again. Uh, I went out the next day and bought a, um, an all grain brewing kit. And I was like, I want to figure this out. So started, uh, with like a one gallon batch. And I'm, I believe it was in Brooklyn, uh, brew shop. It was the, uh, everyday IPA that they had. And I put a bunch of stuff in it to try to be like a cool brewer. Like I put in oranges and other stuff like fruit and spices. Cause I was like, I need to be different. Um, and it, it came out like crap. It was terrible. Uh, so then I said, well, now I'm angry. I'm going to try this again. And then just really went into the rabbit hole. My, uh, my uncle, um, was a home brewer. He was a Larry was speaking about beer judging. He was a beer judge. He, uh, did his uh, BJCP beer judge certificate program exam, um, passed that so he could be a beer judge. He was the guy that got me into home brewing, like really. Um, I ended up stealing some of his equipment for like a year and I brewed on that for a while. Um, I was brewing like, uh, I don't know, a hundred batches a year, basically two every week. Um, at the time, I'm 22, 23, around there. Um, and yeah, my parents just were thrilled that I had all these plastic jugs filled with bubbling beer that could blow up at any time. <laughs> um, really. And then also working for my father at the time. Uh, so go work and then I would come home and brew beer and you'd be like, you are making a mess of the house, clean the house. So did that for a while until I kind of figured out what I was doing. Um, and then I used to just go to breweries and like beg them to try my beer. I was like that weird homebrew dude that like always comes in, you know, like really? I, just, I respect that. Yeah, I was, yeah, that's cool. I would be like, like Hey, you want to try some beer? Like I, this is, I tried, I made this and they were like, okay, great. And like, they would like, put it down. And then they would just like, <laughs> leave, leave the beer and like give me a beer for free. And I was like, thank you. But I just wanted to see if I was doing anything right. Um, until like I got, they got to know me and then they kind of like gave me the time of day. Um, yeah, it's a tough room. It's a tough room when you first walk in for sure. Like trying to, yeah, trying to crack that code. Like, like, what are you doing? I was like, uh, I'm a union plumber. And they're like, Oh, cool. Like stay there. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> don't, yeah, you're not gonna, don't quit yeah. your day job yet. Yeah. Until finally, uh, I think I like my, my buddies were like, Oh dude, this is the best beer I ever had. And I was like, I'm, you're getting free beer. I, I don't believe you. Um, brought it to a guy who's like, this is really good. Uh, my friend's opening up a brewery. Like, do you want a job there? And I was like, oh, sure. yeah, great. Everyone's opening up a brewery. Um, 
brought them some beer. Uh, we sat down. I didn't realize it was going to be an interview. And uh, we just talked about beer. They asked me if I wanted a, a job, and I said no. Because uh, they wanted to pay me nothing, and they wanted me to work crazy hours. And I was like, I'm going to stick with plumbing. I'll give you all my vacation time. I'll give you all my, uh, all my, you know, my weekends after work, whatever you guys want. So started going that way. They probably wanted, didn't want a brewer. They wanted at, probably wanted a plumber. Yeah. Which is what <laughs> they got. Um, so like I said, knew a little bit enough about brewing to kind of figure out how to do recipe formulation on a bigger scale. Um, the head brewer that was there, um, was a gentleman who opened up a bunch of breweries, uh, up and down the East coast. Um, but he was like retiring and he just wanted to do this as a favor for someone. So he opened it, brewed, uh, taught me how to brew, taught another guy how to brew and then just left. And then the other guy left and then they said, we need someone to work there. Do you want to be the head brewer? And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. I'd, I'd love that. So I tried it and, uh, that was my intro into the world. And I made, uh, not great beer for a little bit of time and then told them, Hey, I need some sort of training. So they introduced me to this guy named Jamie, um, Jamie Partridge. He was the head brewer at a uh, court chef brewing company at the time and came on. And I was so scared to have a, um, a dude that could take my job at any point, like telling me what to do. And the first thing he said when I met him was he was like, Hey man, I don't want your job. Not one bit. I want to teach you how to brew beer. Like, right. So he was the guy that like got me in to the industry. Like, right. Taught me how to brew. Taught me how to clean. Yeah, I started off. I started off saying that to you. So, you know, like everything's cool. Yeah. I, it was, um, he's, he's going to be at my wedding this week. I'm, I'm so happy to see him, but I, I, uh, it was so weird to have a guy be honest with me, like that honest, someone I'd never met. And he was like, I'm only going to be honest with you. And I was like, all right. Now he's like one of my best friends. Um, but yeah, he was the guy that, that really taught me how to, how to do things on a commercial level, like clean and write. Um, so got me where uh, I needed to be. So I could run that brewery, ran that brewery for about a year and then moved on to, um, an all Belgian brewery. Um, it was really focused on farm to table. Um, it was a very small operation. Did, was, you uh, choose that? Did you choose that as like a next step? Cause we have people on here all the time that are like, yeah, I will stay at a place and either be the chef there or whatever, like a sous chef or even a line cook. And like they'll work in a Mexican spot. And then the next year they'll work in an Italian spot and then they'll kind of bounce around. Did you move to the smaller place because you knew that it would kind of further your education and be like a good teaching stepping stone for what might be a long and fruitful career? So this was actually, uh, it was a little bit bigger, but the system was smaller. So it was, it was kind of odd. I went from a five barrel, um, brew house that supplied a restaurant, um, which couldn't legally have a tasting room at the time. It was all these like weird laws, right? Um, we had stuff zoning violations with the town. The town was concerned it would turn into a bar that we could never be all this stuff. Um, like to the point where we couldn't sell beer in our tasting room. We could just say, Hey, if you go across the street to the restaurant, you can take it there. If you want to come back and buy a six pack, that's what we can sell you. And people are like, what are you talking about? There's a bar. Um, so I went from, yeah, I went from the side barrel brewery, um, that I was the only employee for a decent time there, um, to a 15 barrel, 16 barrel brewery. Um, but the brew house itself was smaller. So we would make less beer there, 
but it would I would have to do double the brews to make um, more beer on the cold side. So it was essentially running three mashes at one time, three boils at one time, and three knockouts at one time um, to fill. I think they were each about just under three barrels. So it would be nine in one day, nine the next day. We would yield just around like 16 barrels when we were done. So I went uh, went there, but my goal wasn't to necessarily um, – it's always to gain knowledge. Like when you do the move, the main thing for me was I was looking for better conditions. Um, I, I didn't want to have that issue that if I left uh, or we went into a down season, I wouldn't have a job anymore. Uh, that was – Brightening as someone who always had a job, um, and yeah, the the main thing was I wanted to be the company that was you know the next level up. I wanted to get out of bush league and like fight my way up to to get where I needed to be. So I worked there for a short time, um, heavily focused on New York State ingredients, heavily focused on. Um, this is still in Long Island too. Yeah, um, yeah. The first the first two breweries I worked at, uh, they were good. Um, they got me where I needed to go. Um, the third where I worked out was a place called Barry Brewing Company in Oceanside. Um, and I, I interviewed there and one of the brewers that was working there was a guy I went to college with. We happened, uh, we go to, I went to a weird college. We, we worked on a ship through the summer, uh, to get summer sea term, uh, credits. So we would do a bunch of training. We'd cross the Atlantic, do stuff like that. Um, so he was a guy that I knew pretty personally. We were on the ship at the same time together. We got off in port together and we go drinking together. So it happened that he, I dropped out of college. He finished college, but we both ended up at the same place brewing beer together. <laughs> Fuck you, dad. And, uh, Fuck you, mom yeah. and dad. Look at me now. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is something me and him used to say a lot while we worked there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <dad. laughs> no, my, my parents, my parents are super supportive. Can't say a bad thing about them. They're, they're dope. Um, but, uh, yeah, worked at this place called barrier. Um, when I interviewed there, uh, the guy that was the operations manager was a football coach of mine and the dude who was brewing the beer there, I went to college with. So I already kind of knew two people there like pretty closely. And, uh, I told them I wanted a job. I didn't want to work where I was anymore and they needed someone to work there. So, um, got the call started, I believe it was like September 18th, um, was the date and, uh, drove down there. It was kind of a far feet for me. It was, uh, about an hour and a half home hour there. Uh, so I did that for a couple of years. Um, came on as a sellerman within like three weeks. I was brewing, um, within like two weeks from there, I was solo brewing. Um, within, I want to say six months, I became head brewer there and went from running a five barrel to a 15 barrel to a 20 barrel. But, uh, the 20 barrel was doing about 12,000 barrels production a year. Um, so for all you people that don't know beer math, a barrel of beer is 31 gallons. Um, so we were doing 31 times 12,000. Um, so a fair amount of beer. Um, we were doing basically doubles on Mondays and Tuesdays on a 20. And then, um, it was a triple, 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 and then bring another double on, on Fridays. Um, so I saw on your resume that was sent over to us, um, there was a term that you just used a second ago. Uh, it was sellerman. Um, what does that mean? I have no idea. Um, so we have a lot of different terms 
for, uh, or a lot of different job titles for what people do in breweries. Um, so the way I run our brewery is you come on as a, a uh, either warehouse worker or a cellarman or both. Um, usually when we are full swing in season, I'm looking for someone to handle uh, inventory and forklifting and loading trucks, moving gear around. So that's like our, we call it warehouse. Um, and then from there, once you learn warehouse, uh, you're going to learn safety with that. And then you'll move up to cellarman. Um, seller in, seller woman, seller person, whatever you'd like to, to term, uh, whatever term you want to use. Um, a seller person basically is someone who does, uh, cleaning. Um, they, they do everything up to the brewing process. So we start off training them. Um, you're going to learn forklift, all the warehouse stuff first, uh, inventories, then chemical safety, um, uh, keg washing, uh, from keg washing, keg washing to yeast harvesting and pitching, uh, then dry hopping, fruiting, transferring, uh, crashing, carving, cleaning. So everything up the chain to being a brewer is what a cellarman in our book is defined as. So this is a brew pub. So you're part of a restaurant. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, so do you, um, do you train your, uh, when I was coming up in the brew, the kind of the, the beginning of the brew pub business in, in, in Denver and Colorado, we talked about it with Larry at the Wincoop, um, whether you were a, a cook, a dishwasher, a hostess, everybody spent a day in the brewery. Do you guys do that? Do you, do you, do you bring uh, your kitchen employees into the brewery and make them not make them, but, but offer them at least, you know, an opportunity to spend the day in the brewery and say, Hey, this is what this, you know, granted, you know, the wind coop was, it was started by beer and the food came later. Um, Larry kind of alluded that to, to the opposite almost that, you know, it was a rest, it's a restaurant first, but you guys also brew beer. So do you get people from other uh, parts of the restaurant into the brewery and train them just at least for a day? Yeah. So I will say Larry is wrong on this one. I'm going to fight him on this because it's in our training materials and he knows better. We are a brewery first. Am I wrong? Did he, did he, did he not say that? Though? He did say that. Cause I remember it. Cause I remember it. Cause I was, I love it. I love it. Yeah. But our owners, our ownership will tell you that we are a brewery first. I love Even it. I love we it. We are uh, a kick-ass restaurant. Um, we are brewery first. So um, when it comes to training, um, anyone can come for a brew day. As anyone they should. And I think they should. If you are if you are a, a nighttime expo worker, if you are a dishwasher, if you are a server, if you're a bartender, if you're a uh, are in marketing. It doesn't matter if you work retail, anyone's in, um, all you have to do is just show up at 5am. What, what are you making them do when they do that? Because well, we've had, we yeah, had, yeah, Kim, get in the cellar. Yeah. Well, we had Kim on Matt remember a long time ago and she said people would do that. And then also whatever the other dude who does trivia and stuff like that, he said they would do that too. And it's just like, yeah, anybody can have a day in there, but it's like, are you just going to make me, uh, clean the floors because that's not a brew day that sounds lame well yeah you but are, like I, said, I mean it was it was literally about cross training i mean it was it was mandatory everyone that was employed in that brew pub it was mandatory you spent a day in the brewery so we don't have a mandatory right now um but we do have 
um, a lot of training material that focuses on beer, past beer styles, um, how to serve beer. Right now we have a Luker faucet. Love a sidebar faucet. Um, the goal of team development is to make sure that we are informing our guests of everything properly. And we want to really showcase that we know what we're doing because we put a lot of time and effort into our beer and we want to be thoughtful and we give it to the guests. We want to be able to. Yeah, absolutely. And I would imagine, I would imagine you incorporate some of the beer into the food and they kind of, they're kind of have a symbiote relationship. Yeah, that's so right now, um, Larry dropped Ted's name. I'll drop Ted's name again. Uh, Ted Deptula is our head of culinary. Um, He makes some fantastic things. Um, they're always looking to infuse beer and food. We just did our first brewer's dinner, um, beginning of September around there. Um, we have our assistant culinary director down in the Myrtle location right now. His name's Irvin Abbott. Um, Irvin made a fantastic, uh, spread for our, our guests for that event. Um, really focused on doing some classic pairings with our beer. Um, it was just like great to watch him, watch him have some fun and just like let loose. It was a, a taste of the South. We had some really great stuff. They, they did a strawberry uh, drop biscuit that was out of this world. We paired that with Myrtle Peach. Um, we did a salad with acai bowl, the beer I was drinking earlier, um, which is one of our sours. Uh, light lager with um, with our starters. It was just, it was great. Your dinners are such like a, a big thing up north and down here. It seems like they, they're not here yet. And it, it was nice to do it. Did you take great offense to in the last episode when I'm like, yeah, people make weird ass beers, you know, like I saw this one that was a blueberry biscuit beer and then you literally just said, oh yeah, we made a great one. It's a strawberry. And look at him. Like, look at oh, him. If, if our listeners can see this, we'll put this on Patreon. He oh, just laid, he just laid back and stretched his arms up across the couch. <laughs> like he's like, let me tell you about this. Yeah. Not one, not one bit. We, uh, we thrive with weird beer. Um, my, the thing that makes me most proud of being a brewer and the thing that, is, that really sets, I think, the way we think about beer apart from other people is um, my goal is to give you an experience or to connect with you on a level without ever talking to you. And I really believe that we can do this. Um, so one of the things that we like to do when we uh, when we focus on making a new beer is for it to kind of tell a story. Um, it, it's great to brew a beer that just tastes good. And everyone's like, yeah, sick. This is a good beer. Um, but it's way more important to me and to my team to brew a beer that can influence the way you think that gets in your head without me ever having a conversation with you. Um, my, my buddy Paulie made a beer that had cordial cherries in it. And I don't eat cordial cherries ever. Um, but my great grandmother did. And the second I had that beer and it tastes like it, it took me back to, I was like four sitting in, cool. sitting in the cool. apartment, like having cordial cherries and not telling my parents about it. Um, <laughs> Cause we did say that's when you started drinking beer was four. <laughs> <laughs> when you have that quick surge of a, of a thought that brings you somewhere else um, and beer itself can do that. Like that's the reason why I brew beer. That's the amazing thing about the, the sensory effect is the same thing with food is it's just like if you can taste something and it immediately brings you to a place in the past. Yeah. That that mean that you've won. You've got it. Yeah. That's it. It, it. 
it's an unreal feeling. And especially like hearing someone say that, be like, this this tastes exactly like my grandmother's apple pie. And you're like, you're drinking a beer. That's sick. Like, have another yeah, one. Without That's a doubt. So, cool. so yeah, we we don't shy away from wild flavors by any means. Um, we have everything from milkshake IPAs, which are essentially hazy IPAs, pack of lactose, um, a bunch of weird hops, and some fruit of some kind or a dessert flavoring. Um, and people go, you know, I don't really drink IPAs, but this is amazing. Like it's a wild, it's a wild, who, who does that? Matt um, literally just said that same phrase when he's just like, you know, I really don't like IPAs. And then he finished that entire thing. So, uh, you yeah. guys are doing something right. <laughs> is there any, uh, is there anything that's off base? I was, I was kind of make, I was giving you know, Larry a little shit about, about glitter beer. But uh, is there anything that's completely that? off base? I don't know. I've seen, I've seen local people just, I don't know, putting, you know, glitter in oh, the beer. The unicorn beer. That's, a, that's a thing, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a thing. Uh, uh, so I, I am pretty proud to say I've never put glitter in beer. Um, I put a lot of weird stuff in beer. Um, I've never put glitter in beer. That's that's my that's the thing that's out of bounds for me. If marketing wants it done and they say do it, <laughs> I'll do it. Um, All right. But if I have my choice, I'd rather not put glitter. But maybe flavor-wise, is there anything that's just like, you know what, we're not going to go there? Um, yeah. Yeah, there is. Uh, I've done sours that had um, that were based on cocktails. So there was a cocktail that had uh, smashed cucumber and mezcal and lime in it. And in a cocktail, it was fire. It was great. Um, in, a, in a beer, it tasted like sour pickles and mint and it was smoky and horrible and the idea was there but we could not execute it properly and i didn't want to do it anymore yeah yeah there's there's a lot more sweetness in the cocktail than you would think about and to get it balanced like we needed it to we'd either have to put a lot of lactose in it a lot of maltodextrin or something like aspartame which i'm not going to play with in beer no no. Um, something I was thinking about over the last couple of days is like how I don't know how really different um, the the beer industry is from the restaurant industry, but we've had people on for the last two plus years come in and we're always like, hey, what do you want to talk about? And like it's every third one or like every other one. It's just like, let's talk about staffing. Like how hard is it to keep like, it seems like brewers are more specialized than just like an everyday line cook kind of thing. Like you got to find somebody with a, a different skill set and passion to to work in a brewery and to want to do different things like how how difficult has that been in the last couple of years or just since whenever and like what what are challenges are you facing now and real quick and sorry and real quick does, does the allure of working in a brewery completely overshadow the reality of what it takes to work in a brewery so first answer about staffing is um it's definitely a different experience staffing in a place that doesn't have established breweries versus a place that is uh flooded with small breweries um the pool to pick from is very small and even the people that do have homebrew experience don't have the experience we need um, i wouldn't tr- i wouldn't trust them i wouldn't trust uh like hey matt you've you've cooked at home and you've tried a lot of gordon ramsay's recipes out of his fucking cookbook you want to work on my line uh you want to work on- no i'm not gonna hire yeah, you Yeah, and by the way you're gonna be cleaning for the first six months <laughs> it, it, it's a very interesting thing to get people to think in a way they never like thought about things before um 
when we look at a brewing brain, we compartmentalize uh, things very heavily. Um, and it's very cool to watch people be able to grasp it. Um, the guys that I have right now, their backgrounds are everything from, I have a, an ex Marine, I have a, or a Marine. Um, I have a college student who's just graduated with an e-commerce degree. And then I have a guy who, um, has done a little bit of everything and was also a knight at medieval times. Like, Fuck, yeah, yeah. I, I just went to that medieval times like two months ago. It was a great time. Um, it also sounds like, I mean, whatever Larry, he was in the army and like had an engineering degree and you, are you the poli sci guy or is that him? No, I oh, wait, no, you're the maritime. Yeah. You're the maritime guy. So, um, not brewing at all maritime and plumbing. Um, and now you're this guy. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's really just understanding like as much as I hate to say it, it's common sense, right? Like it's, it sucks to say, but it's nothing we're doing is on the edge of like, we're not, we're not re reinventing the wheel. Um, we're trying new stuff with, with beer and doing great stuff. Um, the guys I've had, I've had since the start pretty much, um, Alfred. Uh, so my guys that are with me right now, Alfred, Austin, Connor, um, and then Clayton too. Uh, all great guys. I've had them basically since the start. Um, I had one guy, uh, leave my team, um, because of financial things. But other than that, our team has been the same since we started. Um, so awesome. I'm, I'm very happy with that. Like I said, my main goal is to make sure that my guys feel appreciated and they feel like this is a profession and not just a job for them. Um, I want them to develop their careers in brewing. I want them to succeed in the brewing industry. I think it can do great things. It's got me here. Um, and, yeah, and obviously, you know, they've been with you uh, long enough to, you know, they've been patient and um, they've had enough time for them to understand. Yeah. It's a it's definitely interesting road. And like the second part of your question, um, it does training a brewery does, does put you through the ringer. Um, there's a lot of cleaning. There's a lot of learning. Um, it's a fast paced environment that you can get hurt very easily in. Um, and you really got to keep your head on a swivel. You got to make sure you know what's going on. You got to make sure that the guy training, you knows what's going on. Um, because knowing how to do it is one thing, but learning how to train someone's a completely different thing. Um, the ability to explain what you're doing while you're doing it and still do it correctly is not for everyone. Um, but I make all my guys train everyone on everything. So, yeah, the, uh, the, the, you said the first stage is, um, basically working in the warehouse and like doing forklift and everything like that. I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of a pussy. I, I really wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> like I'm not ready for that. Like even at all. Uh, that's, a, that sounds like a, a danger. Like you said, da like in kitchens, it's like, yeah, there's fire knives and like, you can maybe burn your arms a little bit on some stuff coming out of the oven. Uh, okay, you yeah, could, crushed. <laughs> yeah, you, you could accidentally drive your forklift into whatever. It's something that is 50 feet over your head and just get murdered. So, uh, not for me, not for me. Now, I got a question for you. Um, you, you said a couple times uh, about the uh, slow season versus the busy season. I guess I didn't realize that making beer had like busy seasons and slow seasons. What's what are the what's the busy season? 
So for us, because we are a vacation town in Myrtle Beach, um, okay, we fire away. Oh, like if you look at all of all the locations, um, other than Middletown, us and Lewis have the highest high highs and low lows because um, we are tourist destinations essentially. Okay, um, that makes sense. People come down to the beach, um, but even still, living on Long Island, brewing there, um, people don't go out in the winter. Snows, no one moves. Um, no one wants to go out to a brewery to get some beer, like on on a Tuesday night. Like people aren't going to go out. Um, uh, there's me. I'm the weirdo that does. Um, but going there, it's just me and the bartender and the brewery. I'm like, hey, you guys want to drink? And they're like, yeah, cool. Um, yes. So that's why my beer. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys want some beer or what? Um, but like down here, we go from doing. Um, like in, in terms of beer. So if we look at hammock light, which is our biggest seller, we do about um, nine barrels to 10 barrels a week of hammock light, which is our light lager. Um, right now we've dropped to about three barrels a week. So that's a, that's a pretty steep drop. Um, yeah. And then like once we hit November, like after Thanksgiving, we'll drop to like two barrels a week of a beer that we sell five times. That. So I know you mentioned that, um, you know, at the moment, you're, you're definitely really reliant on, um, even though it is seasonal, you're reliant on that kind of over the bar in restaurant sales as opposed to distribution. I mean, distribution is a is a is a year round conquest, I would imagine. But I mean, are the things that you know? Do you find that you know trying to get, you know, the package end of things and the distribution end of things off season? to make up for the people not coming out to the brew pub itself. Um, I would imagine that's pretty challenging. Is that something that you guys are, or, or, yeah. Um, but again, it's, it's the area, right? So if no one's coming to our restaurant, no one's coming to the other restaurants too. Um, so we see a pretty good decrease in flow throughout the whole year. Now, once July rolls around, we can't keep our we can't keep our shirts on our backs. We're we're running around. We're running through the brewery to make beer. Um, you know, twelve hours a day, pretty much, just just pumping beer out. But even still, with our locals and moving beer to um, Kroger, uh, yeah, um, distributors, all that people are still not buying as much because there's not that many people down here. So. Yeah, I see that you're right next to Barefoot Landing over there, and you're right across. I don't know how close it is. I'm looking at a map here, but um, the golf course over there. I, I I would assume that people after they finish their 18 holes are just like, all right, we're not done drinking. Let's go across the street. Yeah, our golf uh, our golf community is huge down here. Um, we are in full swing golf season. I just flew back from New York this weekend, um, and everyone in the airport was a golfer. There was no denying that. Um, we are in barefoot landing, so we get a, like a crazy amount of traffic right now with golfers. They, they do packages with golfers, um, with private events. Our, our guys actually just did a, a golf tournament, um, the North versus the South down here. So it was the Delaware team versus the Myrtle team. Um, I've seen people team. out here golfing in straight up hurricanes and like complete, like, like the shadow of darkness it's crazy yeah yeah, yeah i mean well golfing golfing's pretty much done up north it's it's whatever 45 50 degrees are getting close to it and getting cool or whatever so i got gotta migrate just like them it's like them ducks gonna come yeah. on come on south if you're, if you're a golfer like me i just drink a beer a hole and then that's it that's who cares what you shoot it's great yeah 
the way I golf is I don't putt. If I get it on the green, I'm like, that's a gimme. It's like you're 45 feet away. I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm like, who's <laughs> I'm, I'm close enough. I don't care. If I make it to the 16th hole, it's been a, it's been an easy. Yeah, there you go. Um, what is the difference between a brewmaster and a lead brewer? Um, so between me and Larry, so Larry technically is a director, right? Um, in our company, our structure is, um, management group directors, um, unit leaders, lead brewers, and then everyone else below. So it kind of, uh, is a trickle down thing. Um, basically what I do is I run our unit. Um, as far as the brewery goes, I'm responsible for, um, our cost structure for the year. Um, I'm responsible for scheduling, um, recipe development, um, making sure our tap lists are correct, moving beer to distro. Um, and Larry is in charge of three lead brewers. So he is not only overseeing the three of us, he's working on beverage development as well. He's, um, doing all of our, our new breweries that if we're putting any new breweries in the system sometime soon, maybe, um, he's working on development of those. So he's got a lot more on his plate. And uh, we're all underneath him, just trying to trying to do our our jobs, keep the beer moving. Yeah, I think uh, the question I asked, and this was, I guess, off air before the, this even started. I was trying to figure out also with the um, just what is the cellarman kind of thing. There's like a in kitchens itself. There's like a hierarchy of just like yeah. There's a commie chef. There's a pantry. There's there's sous chef. There's exec chef. There's all all the other stuff. It seems like you're the exec, and he's the the corporate chef kind of but i feel like there's other terms depending on kind of what exactly um what duties you have so i was just wondering like is it all right at your location is there anybody above you or are you the fucking man uh in the brewery no i am the fucking man all right Um, (laughs) but really like below me it's it's i'm the lead brewer then i have my brewers and my cellarman and we don't have a warehouse guy right now so it's i'm i'm the head of a small department um yeah Larry is the director. So, I mean, there's different, there's different titles for it. Every company uses different titles. Um, I'm either a leader, a head brewer. Um, Larry is the director of brewing operations or the brewmaster. Um, whatever it is, it's the hierarchy. He's above me. I got guys below me. I'm in the middle. Yeah. Like if you, t- if you basically took all of your same roles and went over to another company with the same amount of whatever breweries, it, you'd be called something else just because it's like, it just is what it is. So, um, all right. Uh, let's give you some shout outs and then we could wrap this puppy up. Who, who you want to shout out to? Um, really, uh, the brew team down here. Um, those guys, they kill themselves to make some great product for, for our consumers. Um, couldn't do my job without them. Um, they make my job a lot easier and, uh, shout out to them, shout out to my unit leader, William, um, and everyone at the hammock location, Myrtle beach. They killed it this year. I couldn't be happier to work for this company. Um, and shout out my lady. We're getting married, uh, we're getting married on Saturday. Carly Nelson, about to be Carly Judd. What up? She's out there. Uh, cheering me on for the room. Thank you for having us too, by the way. This is awesome. Actually, yeah. yeah, I I knew that. I mean, I I had an inkling of a thought that uh, I'm like beer guys are there. There are people. They'll they'll be okay. Fantastic. Yeah, I might I might as well because it seemed like Larry kind of wanted to do too. Uh, you have a good minute or two here. Um, if there's anything uh, forward thinking of, just uh, what else is happening for Hammock? If if uh, if Larry didn't cover everything, because I feel like your PR person would probably smack your hand if he didn't uh, mention Got something any about cool beers you're working on. Yeah. All right. So beers, I'll talk quick about current lineup. So 
We just dropped Frankenboo, which is our um, imperial sour that has Frankenberry cereal in it, blueberry cereal in it, uh, <laughs> blueberries, strawberries, lactose. It's 10.1%. Um, it tastes exactly like Frankenberry cereal. I'm super happy with how it came out. Where can you get that? Where, like, I, I, that's a good thing we put out there. Where, where can people that are listening find your beer? So you can, if you go on our website, um, look up Crooked Hammock, crookedhammockbrewery.com. Um, our website has everything beer related. If you check out our socials, um, Instagram, Facebook, uh, that shows what we're doing, what's coming up. Um, it's a great place for all our events. We got an app on the app store. Um, if you type Crooked Hammock Brewery into the app store, there's a program called the kickback. Um, every dollar you spend at the hammock, you actually get a point for. So right now I can get like a bunch of free dinners and uh, some dimpled mugs and stuff. So it's a pretty good program. I'm impressed with it. It's hard to sell brewers on programs like that. Um, so that's cool. But yeah, we got some crazy good beers coming out. Uh, so Frank and Blue's out right now. Java Lantern's out, which is our um, it's our pumpkin um, pumpkin fall beer. Uh, it's got a bunch of coffee in it. Uh, nice roast. Got the hand selected this year. Um, came out really good. Seven point four percent. So you can still get it in a pint. Um, following that, we got acai bowl out right now. I was drinking that earlier. That is our sour that has, um, graham cracker. Um, it's got acai, blueberry, strawberry, banana, and lactose. Um, so everything you find in acai bowl, you can drink it. It's pretty close to the real thing. I'm, I'm jazzed for that. Um, we got some other fun stuff coming out. I'm working on a, I'm kind of a nerd. Yeah. The kickback. There it is. Um, so I'm kind of a nerd. I, I really like, I'm a video game guy. Uh, so I got a beer called free star collective from, uh, there you go. Starfield, uh, Starfield. played play yeah. the shit out of that. Yep. So it's a, it's a 7.1% double dry hopped IPA. It's got Nelson, uh, and El Dorado in it. And it's around like five pounds per barrel, which is absurd. And your people will shake their fists at me and, be angry that I'm using that many hops in that beer and it's probably not chunky, but it's so good right now. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So we got that holidays, the hammock are coming up. Um, just check our socials. we got a bunch of cool events coming this summer. Um, our temple events through this winter up until the spring are going to be great. So really excited. Kick ass. Yeah. You're, you're not that far from us. So, um, I got a buddy in Wilmington that, um, I, if I visit him kind of this upcoming fall winter, uh, I'll definitely make a trip down to you guys for uh, like a day trip kind of thing. That'll be fun. Hit me up. Uh, I'll take you to the brewery. If you, you yes. want to, you know, yes. it's, it's, a, it's a good time. I just went to, I just went to medieval times. So I, I can't even use that as an excuse. It was, that was a ton of fun. I know you guys aren't too far from there. Fucking red night one. Let's go. Um, all right, that was episode 57, part two. Uh, Kyle, Maddie, Patty, Timmy, we did it again. Um, you are listening to this on whatever you're listening to, but if you have other friends and want to share it on uh, Apple Podcasts um, or uh, Spotify or pretty much anything, it's it's on our social media and it gives you the whole list in the link tree of just like where to listen to it from. But um, as usual, if you know anybody who might want to be on, um, definitely let us know uh, we're accepting guests like kyle and larry and anybody else who who has an interesting you know, story to tell and is um food and bev adjacent um but yeah that, that was a lot of fun thanks kyle yeah, thanks guys Bring yeah. more beer. <laughs>